As we remain standing before the Lord, Lord shall return to the scriptures. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Matthew 5, 3. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Father. Father, we are grateful to you this morning. As we look into your words, speak to us. We pray that you would touch our hearts, revive us, draw us closer to you, Lord. Release grace and anointing in this place that will make the proclamation of God's word effective, productive. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, every critical spirit will bind them in Jesus' name. To Christ be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. Thank you, choir. We are blessed by the songs and praise that we offer unto the Lord as we experience the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Today's message is titled, The Kingdom Goes to the Poor. The Kingdom Goes to the Poor. Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, the poor is going to take the kingdom. Amen. Praise the Lord. As Matthew writes the gospel, he is introducing Jesus the king. And he also furnishes information about the kingdom, the character of the kingdom, the constitution of the kingdom, the character of the servants of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Christ says, blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I want to read a couple of versions so that we have some clarity about it. The good news translation goes like this. Happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. The message version goes like this. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. The Amplified Version goes like this. Blessed, spiritually prosperous, happy to be admired, are the poor in spirit. Those devoid of spiritual arrogance, those who regard themselves as insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In parenthesis, both now and for evermore. How many of you know that Jesus spoke in Aramaic, not Amharic? Amharic is Ethiopian language, Aramic. 
So in Aramic and in Hebrew, there is a very common kind of expression, which in fact is an exclamation. So when Jesus puts this, this is how it would sound. Oh, the blessedness of those who are poor in the spirit. Can you imagine what would happen? Jesus sitting on the hillside, not hillside avenue, but literally on that hillside with people around him, the crowd seated around him, and Jesus breaks into this teaching saying, Oh, the blessedness of those who are poor in the spirit. Praise the Lord. Hmm? This meant that this was not just simply a hopeful thinking or something that would transpire in the distant future, but rather, congratulations, this is what it is. Oh, the blessedness of those who are poor in the spirit. Praise the Lord. In other words, the blessed experience of the Christian is not something that is far distant in the future, but God wants us to experience that bliss, that happiness here and now. Praise the Lord. Quite often, as Christians, we fail to exhibit that happiness and the joy that the Lord has for us as his children. But God wants us to experience that happiness and the joy here now as we live in this world. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. True. It will come to its zenith, to its optimum when we finally reach in the presence of the Lord. But it has to be experienced here now on the face of the earth. Beatitude literally means beatus in Latin. It means happy. And every one of the next following nine words, it starts with the word, oh, the blessedness or blessed. You know, our constitution, the United States Constitution, guarantees the pursuit of happiness. But Jesus' constitution points out the pathway to happiness to all those who will receive him. Praise the Lord. The scripture declares blessed or happy. And in the next nine words, it repeats again and again how you can be blessed. You know, we have verses in the Old Testament that talks about it. In Psalm 33, 12, blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. Psalm 3201. Now think about it like this. Oh, the blessedness of the people whose God is the Lord. Oh, the blessedness of the people whose sins are forgiven. That's me. That's you. Each and every one of us who have the assurance that our sins are forgiven. We are indeed blessed. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I am blessed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Greek word makarios is used for this term blessed. It means divine joy and fulfillment. 
divine joy and fulfillment it means is a kind of a joy the god's experience god's with the small letter g or those who are dead it is that joy that joy and that happiness quite often our her earthly happiness is directly connected to the happenings our happiness on this earth is connected to the happenings so if the happenings are good we are happy when the happenings are no good it doesn't work out for us we are not happy that's not the kind of happiness that jesus provides the happiness that jesus is talking about one that is not confined or controlled to this earth or the environment that surrounds us because the environment and the circumstances around us is constantly changing but when we are connected to jesus who offers this joy and this happiness regardless of what's going around we have this divine joy within us because it's supplied from above praise the lord and inner satisfaction and sufficiency that does not be based on what's going on around praise the lord hallelujah you know the world will tell us be self assertive be confident you have to be in control every time no matter what happens be in control that's what the world says i mean if you do that that's how you're going to be happy but that's not what jesus says jesus says blessed happy is the poor in the spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven praise the lord hallelujah see when we are talking about this do not misunderstand that jesus is promoting poverty that's not what it is he's not promoting living in squalor or living in unhealthy conditions unfortunately a lot of people in the world they do like that they do live like that not out of choice but because of their living conditions they can't come out of it but jesus that's not what jesus is saying it's very clearly mentioned it's talking about the poor in the spirit once i met someone i asked them to read start reading from matthew and they said i don't want to read it as a why because you know when i started reading blessed are those who are in the those who are poor in the spirit there says i don't want to be poor i said neither do i want to be poor but that's not what the bible is talking about it's not about glorifying poverty but it's talking about what it's talking about poor in the spirit so what does poor in the spirit mean poor in the spirit means to have a correct estimate of ourselves to have a right evaluation of ourselves not to have a farce or a fake humility you know you hear about people saying oh me i'm nothing you know me you know i can't do anything and i have taken pride in that no that's not what poor in the spirit it is but it's a proper evaluation of ourselves knowing ourselves accepting ourselves for the glory of god see when you 
read that words, it sounds like a paradox, right? You know, blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, it, it, it sounds like, hey, what is that? What does that really mean? You know, Jesus clarifies it by saying he's not talking about materialism or materialistically poor, but he's talking about poor in the spirit. Praise the Lord. How can a person who is spiritually poor be considered blessed? How can someone who is, who is spiritually poor be called as blessed? See, the word poor, as it is defined here, the word tokos is used in Greek. It means one was living in abject poverty. Again, not in a materialistic sense here, but spiritually being in a place where you realize that you can cut it by yourself. Praise the Lord. Blessed is a man who has realized his utter helplessness and who has put his whole trust in God. That's what it means. It means that I realize that I by myself, I am utterly helpless and therefore I put my trust, my confidence in God who is, self, who is sufficient to carry me through. Praise the Lord. So we want to look into this a little deeper. Number one, for us to understand this, how can we have a transition from poor in the spirit to getting that kingdom of heaven, possessing that kingdom of heaven? Number one, acknowledge our status without him. What does that mean? Life without Christ is null void, empty. Life without Christ is we are broke, busted, and bankrupt. Life without Christ is spiritually poor, and we are empty. Praise the Lord. A young lady came up to a pastor once and said, Pastor, I have a confession to make. Pastor said, go ahead. Well, pastor, every time I, when I walk into the church, I have this feeling that I'm the most prettiest girl in the church. And I know it's wrong because, you know, when I look around, I get this feeling all the time that I'm the most prettiest girl in the church. The pastor looked at her and, and she said that I think it is a sin, so I'm here to confess my sin. The pastor looked at her and said, oh, Karen, as far as this is concerned, if this is not a sin, that's a terrible mistake. What am I trying to say? You know, we as human beings, this, is, this might not be true for us in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm, at times we think like that. You know what is the reason for it? Because we tend to compare ourselves with everyone else. We look to the guy on the right, to the left, and our neighbors and our friends and our families. We compare ourselves to them and we come to the conclusion that I am better than them. 
we find something about them that is not part of our life. Oh, I don't cheat on my wife. I don't hit the booze. I'm not doing drugs. I'm better than everybody else. This is how people think. They compare themselves to others. But the Bible teaches us that we need to compare ourselves with who? With our role model who is what? Jesus. When we compare ourselves to him, that's when we realize that we are what? We are empty. We are broke. We are busted. We are bankrupt. We are in abject poverty. Praise God. Without him, we are empty. Praise God. When we come to that realization that without Jesus, I am empty and I am bankrupt and I'm poor, that causes us to trust in him, to fall back on him. That is a state of being happy because you realize that you can cut it by yourself, that there is nothing in us that makes us to stand before him complete. Therefore, we lean on him, we trust in him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Comparing ourselves to the Lord. We can only realize our spiritual emptiness, our spiritual state, when we compare ourselves with him, when we compare ourselves with Jesus, we realize that we fall short of his standard, no matter who we are and what our accomplishments are. No? Remember, Isaiah in the first five chapters, he went around and said, woe unto you, woe unto you, woe unto you. All you guys are no good. As a prophet, that's what he did. In the sixth chapter, he saw the Lord high and lifted up, exalted. He saw that awesome vision. And you know what he said? Woe unto me. Because now there was a shift. When he looked, when he saw the vision of who God is, he realized that, hey, I'm a man with unclean lips. I am undone. I went around blaming everyone else. Now I realize when I saw him that I am undone. I am undone. And woe unto me. What a shift. And that can only happen when we have a vision about who Jesus is. Praise God. Remember the incident with Peter? When Jesus did a miracle for Peter on the boat? Peter all of a sudden said, depart from me, I am a sinful man. Remember John the Revelator? One was so acquainted to Jesus, the man who had the inside stuff about Jesus. The man who knew everything that went within inside because he was close to Jesus. But in the Isle of Patmos, he had a revelation of Jesus and the Bible says the man went boom down because he saw who really Jesus is. You know, Jesus gives a very good illustration, a parable to shed some light into this. And it's recorded in Luke chapter 18, 10 to 14. And what it's a passage that we all are familiar with. But I want to read it out because it's going to highlight, give us some 
some info, insight into what Jesus is talking about and the topic that we are talking about. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I am certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But Jesus said, the tax collector stood at a distance, dare not even lift his eyes up to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow saying, oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. And indeed Jesus sums this up by saying, I tell you, the sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. Listen, Jesus draws a beautiful picture here. And I want to draw your attention as we try to understand what Jesus is saying. Remember, we are saying, blessed are the poor in the spirit. So through this parable, look at this parable carefully. Number one, God is not moved by our titles or our status. Both these guys are head on choose in the society. One is a Pharisee who's a religious leader. The other fellow works for the treasury department. They both have titles, titles, status, prominence in the society. Jesus is not moved by it. Not at all. In fact, Jesus makes no comment at all. See, when you are in the body of Christ, you have different kinds of people in the church. You know, there is the rich and there is the poor. There is the people who are financially secure and there are people who are scraping their barrel to make their needs meet. Then there is the young and the old, the teenager and the middle-aged. Then there are those who are born in this country, privileged and happy to be born in this country. Then there are those who are fresh off the boat. None of these things move Jesus. Our titles don't move Jesus. Our status don't move Jesus. Our standing in the society does not move Jesus. Check the other guy out. A Pharisee was a religious guy. Our religion or our spirituality as a world will tag it does not move Jesus. The Pharisee, look, he comes and he's praying. Look at his prayer. He says, Lord, you know me. Too bad he didn't hear. The Lord probably already said, I know you very well. Lord, you know me. I'm not like, I'm not the cheater. I'm not the adulterer. I'm not the thief. I'm not none of these. And as he was praying, he probably opened one of his eyes and looked and said, I'm not like that guy either. The guy who's standing there, the tax collector. Me? I fast twice a week. Wow. Uh, I give my tenth to the, to the church. All these things are good, guys. 
but heaven is not moved by this. No. He looked at someone and said, I'm not like him. What's the problem? Comparing himself to him and to everybody else in the society and saying that I'm not like them. I, me, I'm special. Jesus is not moved by that. Then what is he moved by? Those who are poor in the spirit. Check this guy out, the tax collector. He comes. The Bible says, Jesus says, he can't even lift his eyes up to heaven. He looks down and he starts beating in his chest and says, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Jesus said he went home justified. That's being poor in the spirit. Acknowledge who we are without Jesus. Praise God. Acknowledge who we are without Jesus. Now, there is a passage. There is a transition from being poor in the spirit to a guy who's going to get hold of the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. Number one, acknowledge who we are. We are empty, null, void without him. But then how do you come to a place where you become part of the kingdom of heaven? Jesus says, those who are poor in the spirit, they are blessed because they have got hold of the kingdom of heaven. How do you get hold of the kingdom of heaven? Praise the Lord. Which brings us to the next part, which is what? You know, it is appreciate what Christ can do for us. Praise God. What is it that Jesus can do for us? Jesus can bring about that transition. Praise the Lord. It's good to acknowledge that we are poor in the spirit, that we can't cut it by ourselves. It is good. But you don't want to stay there for the rest of your life. When a person meets Jesus, there is a change in our status quo. Hey. There is a change in our status quo. Praise God. We don't want to remain where we are. Yeah. You know, there is, the Bible talks about grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who was rich was made poor for us so that through his poverty we might become rich. Grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. So God allows us to tap into God's riches at the expense of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. When we recognize our poverty, we become aware of our need, which can only be supplied by grace by God. Praise the Lord. The good news is God wants to share with us and give us his grace. What is that? The unmerited the unearned, the undeserving favor of God. 
that is available to those who admit and acknowledge that me, I can't cut it by myself. I need him, only him. When I trust him, he supplies the grace. Praise God. Hallelujah. We need to understand that what is it that the Lord offers to those who are poor in the spirit? Those who acknowledge that they are poor in the spirit, the Lord offers something to them. Do you know what the Lord offers? Quite often, we think the Lord offers them positions. We think the Lord offers them possessions. The Lord offers them uh, posterity. You name it. We have everything ready saying, the Lord's going to offer me. These are good. You might get them. Praise God for that. But primarily, those who are poor in the spirit, the Lord offers to them primarily the person. Not possession, posterity, or anything else. The person who? The person, Jesus Christ. Heaven offers, heaven's offer to those who are spiritually poor is the person, Jesus Christ. Hello. <laughs> I'm poor and I'm broken. But then the Lord says, you need to acknowledge that, that's good. But you are not staying there. Don't put your tent there and sing, sing the same, oh me, me, I'm poor, I'm broken, that's good. But you don't stay there. God wants to change your status quo. When you acknowledge that he makes the offer saying, I'm going to give the person to you, Jesus Christ. Ha. When Jesus comes, what happens? Ask me what does not happen. Praise God. Yes, as poor in the spirit, when we receive Jesus, we are not poor anymore. You're not poor anymore. You have Jesus in you. When we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior, praise God. The person Christ as our Savior, praise God. Christ is the Lord of our life. Christ is our Savior. Praise God. We have a Father up in heaven. Praise God. We have a redeemer in Jesus. We have an elder brother in Jesus. Listen, I was poor, I was broke, I was bankrupt, but Jesus came into me and I have the grace. God's riches at Christ's expense, but with him came the Savior, the Father from heaven, a friend that sticks closer than a brother and an elder brother who understands me, who's there for me. <laughs> Praise God. Hey, you think you can get wealthier than that? Praise God. Hallelujah. Heaven's wealth at your disposal. Remember the verse. Blessed are the poor in the spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do you know the access to the kingdom? Is through the king. You have the king, you have the kingdom. Praise God. 
when Jesus the King resides in me, I have access into the kingdom. So take your eyes off that feeling. Oh me, I'm so poor. I'm, I'm, I can't do it. I, you know, I'm so insignificant. Yeah, we are without him, but with him. Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished upon us so that we shall be called the children of the King. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. While we were poor in spirit, by recognizing the state of our heart, God promises to replace the spiritual poverty with himself. The King is in residence now. Amen. I don't know. I feel ex excited when I think about it. Praise the Lord. So, we applaud the perks of the kingdom. Once you have the king, you have access to the kingdom. Once you're in the kingdom, you have the perks of the kingdom. Listen, who are we talking about? We are talking about a fellow who was poor in the spirit who started by saying me i'm i can't cut it i don't have anything that's going to make a difference all of a sudden when christ comes he does a number in him and now he is what he's talking about the perks of the kingdom well, a lot of perks in the kingdom just want to touch a few that is connected to our hearts when you are part of the kingdom, the perks of the kingdom, one of the perks of the kingdom is you have a covering. You have a covering. Praise God. You have a covering. What kind of covering? Praise God. You know, you travel with the United States passport and there is something written from the State Department. No matter where you go in the world, you are the citizen of the United States, and that's honored by the passport that you present. If you have a British passport, the passport belongs to the queen. They can take the passport from a person, but immediately the embassy or the consulate will come and retrieve the passport because the passport belongs to the queen. Praise God. When you have the king in residence, when you're part of the kingdom of heaven, you are covered. God takes over the responsibility. Praise the Lord. Number one, you are covered by the blood of Jesus. Praise God. The same blood that redeemed you. Praise God, the same blood that purchased you from the hands of the strong men. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. Praise God. You have a covering from the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The poor in the spirit, they realize their utter helplessness without God and learn to trust and obey him. Praise the Lord. When you are in the kingdom, you have the covering. Covering from what? Something that's going to connect, to, connect to, to us. Number one, you have covering from insecurities of life. There's a lot of insecurities. 
right? You don't know. You go to work Monday morning, I don't know if there's a pink slip waiting for you. You went to the doctor's medical report comes, you don't know what it is. It's a lot of insecurities. It makes us feel insecure. And we went through a pandemic, and you know, you, you, you know, you gotta wash your hands all the time. You gotta put the mask on. Make sure you don't shake hands. Make sure you don't hug. So insecure. When that weighs so heavily around us, we are insecure. But we have a covering from above. Praise God! If there is anybody listening to me, feeling insecure. I want to tell you, Jesus can give you a security that doesn't match us. The security from Slomans or State Farm. You say, we are home. ADT says, we are home even when we are not. When you are not. <laughs> Praise God. State Farm says, you are in good hands. I want to tell you, you are in better hands. Praise God, because you are covered by him. Insecurities, intimidations, the pressure is from outside. I don't know if you lived in not so good neighborhoods. I used to work at midnight hours. And I used to travel on subways and walk through Manhattan after midnight. That's when I used to work. The intimidations I shared it with the church one day boom from four different ends cars came with with sirens and, and flashlights and these guys just jumped out of the car car frisked me from top to bottom talk about being intimidated when they were done they looked at me and said sorry sir you can go I said wait a minute what is this? This were plain clothes. Cops. I said, what is this? I said, oh, we're sorry. We were just cops. We, were just, we just thought that you were a suspect. I said, I'm a suspect. I said, so what made you think I'm not a suspect? Well, you have a hat that says Jesus is Lord, and the, the stuff that you're carrying in his hand is a Bible. I said, Sorry. The fellow said, sorry, we apologize. Boom, they were gone. Intimidations. What intimidates you? I talk to people all the time. I have a friend who tells me his boss intimidates him. I said, really? Can you imagine working for a boss 40 hours a week intimidating you? I said, why don't you quit? Go and get a job somewhere else. He says, where am I going to go? I'm working for my family. I'm working for my, for my, for my I want to send, send my kids to college. And, you know. Intimidation. Intimidation when you're walking all by yourself at odd hours back from work. Intimidation from bullies in college or school. Are you being intimidated? Remember, you are covered. 
The psalmist puts it like this. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Praise God. Not that he's not going to be afraid. He says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. When you're afraid, you remember, you are covered. Praise God. Inhibitions. Inhibitions. Insecurities. Intimidations. Inhibitions. The deep fear that lurks within you. The feeling that you don't have what it takes to cut. The feeling that you're not going to make it through. The feeling that you're not going to reach the goal. The feeling that you're going to fall by the side. Inhibitions. Nobody can see it. It's deep inside. But I want to tell you, my friend, when Jesus came into you, he says, you are covered. Praise God. You are covered. So I want to ask you a question. Are you afraid about the future? About what's going to happen to your children? What's going to happen to your kids? I want to tell you, you are covered. So I'm going to ask the question. I want you to answer because that's going to build faith in you. Are you afraid? The answer is, no, I am covered by him. Praise God. Are you afraid that someone is going to ignore you, reject you, ostracize you? No, because Jesus said, even if all forsake, What does it mean to be covered? To be covered means, no, no, I will not leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. So if there is anybody in this house who feels forsaken, I want to tell you, there's a father in heaven. There's a savior in heaven who says, hey. Even if everyone forsake you, I got you covered. Your friend's arms will get tired. My arms will not. I have you embraced. I have you covered. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Somebody dropped you. You thought you were in love. Someone who loved you just dropped you and just walked away. Praise God. He says, get to know my love. My love is everlasting. I would not drop you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you afraid that God does not love you anymore? Sometimes we feel like that. When it happens, look up. Look to that cross. Paul puts it like this. For God demonstrates his own love towards us in this. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That was me. Ungodly. When I was ungodly, Jesus died for me. That's the demonstration of love. 
So when you feel that no one loves you, not even God, look to the cross. And the cross will tell you that he loves you. Are you afraid that you're going to be left behind? Sometimes Christians are afraid they're going to be left behind. Not if you have trusted him. Not if the king is in residence. Not if you have entered the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. No, you won't be left behind. Praise God. He's the one who watches you, who looks after you. <laughs> All eyes closed. Have you made the transition from spiritual poverty to spiritual wealth. The go-between is Jesus who said, the Bible says, he was rich, was made poor for us so that through his poverty we might become rich. God wants you to be rich in the realms of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall follow you. He knows what you need. He knows that you need the bread and the butter. He knows that you need the steak and the potatoes. He knows that you need a roof over you. He knows that he need, you need clothes on your back. Those are just basic. The Bible says everything pertaining to life and godliness. You are covered. Praise God. The journey starts by acknowledging that you can't cut it by yourself. Praise God. Appreciate what Jesus has done for you on the cross. Receive the king into your lives. And applaud the perks that he gives. Praise God. We don't follow him for the perks. The perks follows us. We follow behind the king. Hallelujah. Are you part of the entourage of the king? If you're part of the entourage of the king, the supplies is just part of the entourage. Praise God. Happy. Divine joy. Fulfillment. Satisfaction. Now. Today. Available through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You got a song? Amen. As we sing, play the word in your mind.
and connect it with what is your need. That's the area the Lord is speaking to you. Don't simply sit, listen, and walk away from him. Connect it. Connect it. Connect it. Praise God. What is it? Intimidations? Inhibitions? Insecurities? Hey, you got it covered. Jesus got it covered. You're under his covering. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus.